This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey guys, I'm Carrie. Hi guys. One of the hosts of Mom Taraj. And I have a migraine. And she's wrapped in a cashmere blanket of sadness. Oh boy, I'm like, I'm Khloe Kardashian and I'm selling you migraine medication. Oh yeah, that's one of the many things she sells, correct? Correct. Skinny tea, I mean a million things. Anyway, I'm not Chloe, but I do have a migraine. So if my energy is lagging, it's not you, it's me. Anyway. I'm Ashley and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great show for you guys today. We are talking the Olympics. Boo. Don't give it away, Ashley. They need to know. They don't no, no, they don't need to know that yet. Spoiler alert. And we are doing a new segment called What You Watching? Or listening or any of those things, I guess. What you into? Let's workshop it right now. What you into? Hey girl. What you doing? Hey girl, what you into? BDSM. <laughs> anyway, we're doing that segment yet to be named. And as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up first, take it away, one of you children. The tits and the shits. I'll start. I don't even know what this is. I think it's the shits. I basically, I was listening to the episode that came out today, which is old and moldy, which was all about aging in different ways. And I started thinking a lot. So I spent some time with a friend, and she's always talking about how much sex her and her husband have. And that's great, right? Like, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> like, good for you. That's wonderful. And, you know, I don't like to openly discuss with certain people, with really close friends I will, but certain people. I try not to talk about how often Matt and I have sex because in my head, in my mind, it's, well, if people think that you aren't having a lot of sex, that your husband's unsatisfied, and then it's the seeing if they can tempt him with sex thing. Not like, and I don't mean this like, I think my husband's the greatest catch in the world. He is for me. I don't think everyone in the world is trying to bag my husband. I just think it opens up a vulnerability in my relationship that maybe everyone doesn't need to know, right? Right. I mean, I think you're going a little deeper than I would, but I think that you're yes. the, the surface of it. It's like, it's none of anybody's business. They don't need to make judgments on anything based on that. Now, it's not, not saying like the they're going to come thing. and get your husband. That is taking it a little far in my book, but we have different feelings about that. But I'm also not saying it like that. I just think that it leaves my relationship a little bit vulnerable. And it's, I don't Agreed. really care about the judgmental aspect because I don't really care if people are like, oh God, they don't have a lot of sex. Like that doesn't bother me. I just don't want to leave my relationship vulnerable for him or for me. Like, I don't want somebody to be like, oh, she doesn't have a lot of sex. Maybe I can come and give her more. So not again, not like I think I'm like one to be lusted after or anything. But anyway, when people talk about at this stage of the game, not being 20 years old, not being single and in a new relationship, when you've been with your partner for so long and you're still sitting there and talking about how much sex you have, it feels a little Kelly Dodd to me. It's showy. I don't think you're having that much sex if you're talking about it that much. Yeah, like what are we 
are trying to prove prove? something. Yeah. It feels like the act of someone who feels self-conscious about something else. So then they do this to distract. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it feels like to me. So when we were having this discussion, I kind of finally had like had it. Not like I was upset. Not like I was like, oh, I'm so sick of this. I was just like, let's stop with the bullshit. Because I was like, you know what? Matt and I don't have sex that often. We don't. We just don't have sex that often. We're tired. We're busy. I'm still wildly attracted to him. And I think he's really attracted to me. But we just don't have the energy because we work a zillion and one fucking jobs and we're tired. What did she say? She was like, oh, that's fine. As long as you're doing it, you know, like once a week. And I just looked at her and at that point I was like, yeah, 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 sure. And then I turned to my other friend and was like, it's like maybe once a month, maybe twice a month. I I can only fight the good battle so hard. Right. For me, it's more about another person trying to show how with it they are and how sexual they are. And and I think it all goes back to, I'm telling you all of this. This is not a criticism and this is, it truly isn't. It's not to be critical. It really just tied into our old and moldy episode for me. And this is something that bothered me. Again, Kelly Dodd, Real Housewives of Orange County, always talking about how vivacious and sexual and all of that that she is. And sure, I'm sure there are people out there that really do have lots of sex. But like, what are we trying to prove by talking about it all the time? It's not even like in a fun way. It's just like, yeah, it's just like showy. What is trying to be proved in all of that? There is no answer. This is a hypothetical question. I just, (laughs) it really was very interesting to me. I wonder if there's a correlation between women getting older and heading closer towards menopause and feeling like they are no longer the most sexual beings and they're not desired in that way. Is that what it comes from? Is it being in a relationship for so long and people, like, what is it? I think in this particular situation, it comes from her kind of needing to be like a one-upper on things. Mm. I don't think that adults our age in a public setting do that. I think that maybe one-on-one with your best friend, you'd be like, man, I'm having a lot of sex lately. But I think for anyone who's not in their 20s, who's talking about how much sex they're having with their married partner in a public setting like that, I really think it has less to do with them having sex, really, than it has to do with them feeling like they need to make up for some sort of lack they're feeling. It feels very like, you know, like Sebastian singing that song to the girl. Yeah, yeah. Says more about them, I think, than it says about you. I think they felt uncomfortable. And so this, I mean, listen, I'm saying this because I do this, maybe not, I think I have done it in the past with sex uh, or talking about sex, but I mean, I just do it in general where I will like shock people so that then they're a little bit like disoriented so that they don't I feel I mean it doesn't work I do it with poop stuff yeah so they won't see my vulnerability yeah they'll see that one part and they won't be like oh look she has social anxiety do you see her she's biting her nails and she's like not wanting to talk to people or whatever you know so I think that's just that person's tactic to draw attention away from what they're actually feeling I'm posing this in a broader sense and I agree with you I just would hate for anybody listening to the show to feel like oh, we're talking shit about them because I'm not trying to do that. I really am not. I think it's the same answer in the broader sense. It's like, I don't think 30 and 40-year-old people who have been married for a long time in a public setting normally do talk about how much sex they're having, like out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean... I don't think that's a thing that people do. It was a girl talk scenario. Like, it was only a couple of us. It was, you know what I mean? Like, But like, how did it come up? Was she just out of nowhere like, hey, I fuck my husband all the time? Um, Were you guys I, talking I don't really about remember. sex? I remember 
the contacts. I mean, I don't think it was just like, hey, trees are green and I'm fucking a lot. You know, like, I don't think it was like that. But it really just made me think about the bigger. And I realize I've also on the past episode been like, my husband and I watched Bridgerton and then did it on the dining room floor. Right. Like, my intention with doing that wasn't like hey, look at me, I'm vivacious and sexual. It was just like, isn't that funny? Like, You know, that's really what it came from. I mean, full disclosure, I'm having a really hard time sexually right now with all my hormones and everything. And I used to be a very like sexual, sexual person. person. And I'm just not right now. And it's depressing to me personally because I don't feel alive inside. Yeah. Yeah. And it's depressing to my relationship. And it's something that Lee and I talk about but it's not a comfortable conversation and you know we're we're having a real thing with that and so yeah and you know I'm a person that talks about everything I know so I know I just think it's a little odd to be like I think there's better ways to say it like my husband and I are we're in a good period with that that's like yeah. a better way to say that than be like we're fucking every day I mean yeah. the only other person I know that talks about it that much I know is in a uh, you're like is really a sex know. therapist is Dana <laughs> I don't even really know how to word this. The only other person I know that talks about it this much is kind of in a um, sexual relationship that is not good. Mm. And her husband um, demands sex every day. And the reason why I know about it is because after she had her baby, he wanted to have sex like right away. I know about her, the sexual demands, because it's become a thing. And she kind of like jokes about it, but she is someone that I know like has been abused and so uses it like yeah, I mean, my, is that, is that fun? You know, like one of those, and you're like, oh, no, this, no, no, this is not normal, you know? I really, I don't think that's what's happening in this particular scenario. No, I'm I just saying that's the only saying. other adult that I know. Yeah. You're like, so that's my tits. <laughs> you, you and I are just, we're on this. We're getting closer to being women of a certain age. I mean, I'm there, girl. I'm there. Thanks for saying that, but I'm there. I was trying to not be like, you're older than I am. I'm not trying to focus on it, but I think it's just been on my mind a lot. And what I see women in particular just go through. Aging runs the gamut from things like that to pumping your face filled with all kinds of shit because you just don't see the 20-something-year-old version of yourself staring back at you, which I also understand. I don't think men go through it to this extent. They buy a fucking car and, you know, whatever. And some handle it well, just like some women handle it well. I don't know. I've been very introspective lately. Ooh. Um, So many thoughts. Anyway, so I don't really know if that's a tit or a shit. It was just more of a thought I wanted to share that I find kind of interesting. How about you? I don't know if mine's a titter shit, but my daughter has started calling the weather systems that are featured in The Wizard of Oz tornadoes. <laughs> like if a tornado and a tornado, t- tomato had a baby, she calls them tornadoes. And she requests to watch videos of them as she goes to sleep. <laughs> And she says things like, oh, look, that house is totally messed up. Oh, no, look at that. And I'm like, is something wrong with my child? She likes to watch the 12 most destructive tornadoes in history. (laughs) I'm like, let's open up the Calm app and do a sleep story. And she's like, no, I want to watch tornado videos. What is wrong with my child? I don't know. I don't. I'm like between that and her taking a knife and going, I'm going to eat you. You look tasty. I'm like, stop. (laughs) This is crazy. 
what you should start calling your own daughter Dexter. But yeah, she wants to watch tornado videos every night before she goes to sleep. Mommy, can we watch another tornado? And I was like, does this scare you? She goes, no. Like it scares the shit out of me. So I think that's my tits. Although the word tornado is adorable. I'm never using another word again. Yeah, that's really cute. <laughs> yeah. The tornado part, like the actual word is the tits. And the rest of it is like up it's in the, the air. the shits. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all I got for you today. And then I guess my migraine that I've had. I've had like a mild headache with a left eye twitch for like four days. And today it moved into migraine territory. Well, so. I do want to say that when I have had a migraine, the thing that that works for me is CBD. All right, I'll try that. Anyway. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the deal with the Olympics? Okay, so Ashley gave it away a little bit. Yeah, the 2021 Olympics are going on in Tokyo right now, and... And we don't care. I just don't care. It's become, like, this really big running joke with Matt because he's just like, what do you have against the Olympics? And what have you always had against the Olympics? I don't know. I just feel like we can't agree as a country on anything and all of a sudden some sporting events that aren't even the normal sporting events, like fucking weird sporting events. Like curling and shit. Yeah. It's supposed to bring us together. I don't know. As a little kid, I always thought it was weird, too. Do I enjoy gymnastics? Yeah, it's fine. But, like, this year, I think we've really learned some more fucked up things about the Olympics. I also think it's, like, a horrible waste of money. Horrible. There are countries like Rio, we'll, we'll get into that again, who like barely have enough money. You know, the poverty level is like so high. And then they build this huge stadium and hope people are going to come. Like, can't you just spend that money to feed your people? Yes. Quickly, the, I, we were. this is one of our things we were going to talk about, but I think it just segues better here. Tokyo spent all this money. Granted, it was supposed to be last year. Couldn't happen because of COVID. Frankly, it shouldn't have happened this year because of COVID, in my right. opinion. But the seats are empty. So how are they making their money back? They're not. They're not. Not making their money back because the country depends on people going and the, the hospitality and, the tourism. And, and that's not happening now granted they had already started building it because like the bids go out right. years ahead of time but like oh it's such a waste I mean I have to say of all the countries that the Olympics have been in as of late Tokyo Japan would probably be the one I would want to go to because you know yeah, I'm not the- going to Russia where they like immediately <laughs> hack into your phone and your computer the second your your plane lands and you turn them on. I'm not going to Rio in Brazil where it's a third world country and, and like, like human traffic. Yes, you could get human traffic. Like, why would I? Rio is like seriously one of the most dangerous cities. Yes, yes. It doesn't make sense. And now in Tokyo, you have these top 
class athletes. These people who have worked since they were little tiny children. Some of them are still little tiny children. Like that skateboarder who was like 12 years old who won. 12 year old skateboarder. I mean, see, you pay more attention to the Olympics than I do. But then they give them these cardboard beds. Can you imagine? Is that happening in Tokyo? I know that happened in Rio. No, in Tokyo, they have cardboard beds. How could you sleep well? You're a pre and you need to be like on your top game. Yes, you need to be on top of everything. Get them a posturepedic for Christ's yes. sake. What do you mean? I need to see these cardboard beds. How can a cardboard bed? I don't, is it like a cool Japanese thing? No. That the cardboard bed is actually like super cool for Muji and shit. Like, I mean, maybe. I haven't heard that. But also, aren't they staying in hotels? Aren't there already beds in the hotels? Why are they cardboard beds? Give these people a good night's sleep. I'm hoping at the very least Japan has dope food for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it better be. The stress on these people, people like diddling and abusing children. Yes. I mean, this is going back to people trained since they're children. We all know what happened with the American gymnastics team. Not necessarily the gymnastics team happening right now, but lots of little girls who have become Olympic winning. Is that even the correct way of saying it? Olympic champions? Sure. That. and the abuse that they've gone through. I mean, these people dedicate their lives. Even if it's not physical, sexual abuse, the psychological abuse, like I have a couple friends who have kids that are incredibly competitive, like almost at Olympic level of a sport. Mm-hmm. And the kind of emotional stuff that goes on because people that are going to be Olympians are probably type A driven, hard yes. on themselves people. You have to be in order to like really achieve this kind of thing. And then to have these coaches that are pushing them even harder emotionally, physically, I mean, the Simone Biles thing is... A prime example. God bless her for being like, no, I I emotionally don't want to do this right now. And I have a choice to step down from this. My favorite meme I'm seeing are people who are like, you all are sitting here telling Simone Biles to be more tough, but you can't even wear a fucking mask at a Wegmans. And I was like, ooh, girl, that cut deep. I liked it. And then if you like really go back and look like... Carrie Strug, when she nailed that landing on one foot, if you look, the look in her face isn't triumph. It's no, it's pain. pain. Yeah. She was yeah. like, I have to do this or else I'm going to get in trouble. You know? I mean, and also just the peer pressure. Like one of the things that Simone said when she came off was she was like, it's okay, guys, you can do this. I trust you. Because she's like the team captain. She's like, you guys don't need me. You guys are great. You'll do it. Like she also had the pressure of her whole team, not just her because she dropped out of the team ones. Right. As somebody who was a classically trained ballet dancer for 11, 12 years of my life. I finally quit because the goal I think for me at the time was to eventually become a ballet dancer. I finally quit because I just couldn't take what was essentially kind of like emotional abuse. I was in a company in New York City where the woman told me I'd never be a dancer because my legs were, my torso wouldn't catch up to my legs. And it was just like, it no longer became, was something that was fun for me. And I mean, we're not even talking about your arms. Your torso is never going to catch up to those long ass arms. I mean, I'm fully grown. (laughs) At this point, I'm going to start shrinking. We haven't talked about your long arms in a while. But it was so damaging to me. I quit during a performance because it was just like, this isn't fun anymore. Girl, drama. Yeah. Brought it. I was crying. It wasn't fun. The reason I loved it is because, and you're a performer, you understand it. And I'm sure some of these athletes feel this way as well. There is a freedom when you are out there doing what you love. And especially in something like dance where you're expressing yourself or theater, there is this sense of freedom. This woman had taken that from me. 
All the enjoyment I felt was gone. So it was like, why would I continue to do this with my life? You know, I feel really bad for these people that they're not even valued enough to sleep on a real fucking bed, for God's sakes. I'm only going to do this in a, in a Carrie's tear away, which is with a not even a humble brag, just a brag brag. I'm pretty good at everything I do. Mm. So every pursuit I've tried, my teacher has wanted me to be competitive in. So like, you know, I started figure skating, then they wanted me to compete. I did dance. They wanted me to compete. I did flute. They wanted me to compete. And I remember at one point, at least with figure skating, because that was the one I was like least invested in. I was like, I just want to do this for fun. Yeah. Can I just be good at something and do something for fun? And I am definitely a person that suffers from making something you love and your hobby into a career and then ruining it. Yeah. And then it's just not fun anymore. You know? Yeah. I mean, what's the point of doing something if you're not enjoying it? But just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to be Olympian. You know, anyway, another reason I hate the Olympics, the barrage of marketing to care about people I just don't care about. Like all of a sudden, every like two years, we're supposed to care about people we've never heard of all of a sudden appear in the world. I just don't care. Stop trying to make me care. Put JLo and Ben Affleck in the Olympics and then I'll care. The reality show Olympics. <laughs> oh my God, the reality show Olympics. Honestly, Andy Cohen, why the fuck have you not made this happen? Where is Ramona on the pole vault? I need that. Do the right thing. Do the right <laughs> thing. Be your Johnny Weir commentator. Ramona on any kind of pole. That Just works anything. for us. That's fine. I want Vicky Gumbelson high diving. <laughs> I want Shannon Bedore on a fucking bobsled, okay? <laughs> I want Teresa Dudice figure skating. Triple axle, bitch. With her long-ass nails. Yeah. <laughs> and her barely there forehead. <laughs> you know, something that's really upsetting to me is this. I'm, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. Shikari Richardson, who dazzled us in that race when she ran exhausted right up to her grandma or her aunt. I can't remember which one. And gave her a big kiss. In June 20th, she ran a 10-minute, almost 11, 10.86 in the women's 100-meter dash. I think that's a Not second. 10, 10 seconds. 10 yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. 10 seconds. Because if it took you 10 minutes to run the 100 meter dash, <laughs> I think you're in trouble. You might you might have had a stroke or an aneurysm. Well, that's what it should have been if she was on pot. Right. She should have run a 10 minute 100 meter dash high on weed, but she didn't. And that's what's impressive. Right. So she tested positive for marijuana, not steroids. Richardson consumed marijuana before Olympic trials. So she ran with THC in her body, which she wasn't high when she did it, but it was like still there. Because as we know, Anyone who has, like, wondered if somebody can drug test them for work, marijuana stays in your body for, like, about 30 days. But you're not high that whole time. Right. It was enough to remove her. I mean, I wish. That'd be the best weed ever. (laughs) It was enough to remove her from the U.S. track and field roster before it was even finalized. She did not test positive for steroids. But here we have Lance Armstrong, who's been fucking roiding for years, covering it up, buying other people's blood and urine, and fucking doing shit on an airplane. And he was able to race for years. Guys, listen, don't even get me started on how much I detest Lance Armstrong. Lance and his one fucking testicle. And also just his cheating, philandering ways. He's just like a shit person. We talked about this. Cheryl Crow. Dated with him when he had cancer. Then she got cancer and he dumped her. Yeah. And then he dated Tori Burch, right? Wasn't he with Tori Burch for a really long time? Yeah. She's like, how can you forgive those ballet flats? Also, Ugh. the most hypocritical thing about this Shikari Richardson died. thing. Right. 
so she says she went on the Today Show. She apologized. She said that the entire reason that she did it was as a way to cope with this reporter who she did not know telling her live on air that her birth mother had died. It was too much for her. She couldn't handle it. Honestly, I don't even think we need that reason. I don't think it matters. Also, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Also, there's a huge stigma in black culture. It's been discussed so much. Getting help mentally for mental stuff. Also, Um, there's a huge stigma in black culture that the entire reason marijuana is even legal was as a way to police the black community. And then we have, which we see, we see this, because then Forbes magazine publishes an article about how Megan Rapone, how do you say her last name? I love her. Rapineau. Megan Rapineau uses CBD as a way of training, which CBD does not get you high. It is a derivative of the marijuana plant. What is the difference? Other than it doesn't get you high, what is the difference? And she herself even commented on, you know, there is a double standard. It's ridiculous that it's illegal. I mean, I just think it's incredibly unfair. It brings up so much about how racist this country is, about how, you know, it's definitely more acceptable in in some cultures to go to drugs rather than a therapist. And it's definitely, evidently more acceptable in this culture we're living in now to let white people go on these infractions and to police people of color. I mean, Michael Phelps was really open about being a a pot smoker. Well, he did lose a lot of endorsements when, I mean, remember he lost like his subway endorsement, which the subway has a plethora of problems. He did get to compete? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. It's. I, I mean, I think it's the thing about like, he probably was tricky about when he smoked versus when he got tested. Yeah. Which this specific case, it's like she was healing from a, you know, a trauma. She said she knew, there's a whole thing she was like, I, I knew when I did it that it might be an issue. But she was probably feeling, you know, self-sabotaging because she was sad, which all of us have done. I self-sabotage yep. every day when I'm sad. Of like, course. you know, you're like, I shouldn't do this. Oh, I'm going to do it. You know? Yep. Absolutely. Another reason, the International Swimming Federation has continued to face backlash over its decision to ban a swim cap designed for natural black hair. Okay, so here's what I have to say. So I posted something on Instagram a little while ago when the swim cap thing first happened, when the Shikari Richardson thing first happened. And it was like a meme or a a tweet that somebody had tweeted. And I said, listen, I've been saying that the Olympics are lame from day one. And this is true. Again, I have not ever liked the Olympics. I've never understood the big deal about them. And somebody messaged me and said, while I understand everything that you're saying, I have seen people train their whole lives. She's like, I used to be a figure skater and I did everything around trying to get to a certain level in my figure skating career. How do you go into this profession, not have your hair in a way that you need it to be in to, you know, be the most aerodynamic in water? How do you do something like smoke marijuana when you know you're not supposed to? And while I do think that that is, I get everything that she's saying because we've all loved something so much we do everything to adjust to being the best at that or making ourselves the most conducive to achieving that maybe that's the problem maybe the problem is that people shouldn't have to give up of their personal life again it's a work-life balance and I guess that's what separates absolute superstars from not but Nike made for the last Olympics and this Olympics the like Nike hip jab yeah to wear for like the fencer and you know so wh- how is that any different right why is that allowed and why is and not a swim cap 
that allows women to have their beautiful hair naturally the way they wanted to and be able to compete in the sport that they are pros at. Right. Another thing, too, that's really pissed me off. There was this Paralympian. Did you hear about this? There was this Paralympian. No, you apparently pay a lot of attention to the Olympics. I did not know this about you. I literally just don't. No, it's not. My cousins, you know, the Sotero cousins are really into it. And I'm on a, we're on a free Britney chat group. And so they talk about the Olympics all the time. That's where I'm getting all this information. Got it's from it. my free Britney cousin chat group. <laughs> okay. This actually, the Paralympian one was from my mom. So the Paralympian, there was a Paralympian. I can't remember what her sport is because again, I'm getting third party information. Maybe she was a right. swimmer. Anyway, she's blind and deaf. Oh and God. her mom is her like seeing and hearing eye person. Her mom is like registered. Like if you had a dog, you'd be like, this dog right. has to come with me. That is what her mother is. Her, she's her aide, right? Right. They, because of COVID restrictions, would not let her mother try travel with her, she qualified for the Olympics, would not para-Olympian competing with fully abled people. She's competing with fully abled people. They would not let her mother, because of COVID restrictions, travel. She doesn't have it. They just, they're not letting people's family come with them. And she's like, it's not my family. It's like what allows me to like literally get in the pool. Right. Like this is how I can even get there. And she had to drop out. They wouldn't make an exception. They wouldn't do it. I'd be so pissed off. And it also speaks a little bit to these young kids, like the 12-year-old, you know, skateboarder or Simone, like if she's under all that stress, you know, you you and I talk about all the time our moms are like our support systems. If I had to go to the Olympics and I was fucking stressed out of my mind, I would want to come back to my room and have my mom there to talk about it. I mean, I would too, but that's not even what this is about. No, I'm just saying like that Paralympian's mother was her aide, but I'm saying just realizing, because when I heard that story, I realized, oh my God, none of their family can be there. Yeah. How hard is it for people who do suffer from like crazy anxiety or how crazy is it for the kids that are like literally children who are just traveling with their team and not their mom? I would freak out, you know? I would too. God, so not even the 12 year old has his mom with them? No, that should be illegal. And that's also why all this diddling can occur. Yes, well, it's, you know, that's a whole other conversation. Can we talk about Pink for a second? Yeah, please. Friend of the podcast, Pink. In our heads. So the Norwegian handball team decided that they didn't want to wear bikini bottoms, which is what the actual uniform was supposed to be. So they all band together and wore matching biker shorts. Yeah. And they got fined. And so Pink was so upset, she's paying the fine. That's so awesome. That is such a badass thing to do. She's like, Olympic judges, you should be fined for being sexist. Why should they have to wear freaking tight? Tiny bikini bottoms. Why is that the uniform? I don't think it was it? volleyball, wasn't it? When I Googled it, it said handball, but maybe that's what they call volleyball in Norway. Interesting. Because I think it was volleyball, but when I looked up, because I was like, I want to get the right sport, they called it handball. Huh. All right, well, so, I'm assuming you got it from American News. I did. So then maybe it was handball. I didn't know handball was an Olympic sport. I don't think that's an Olympic sport. And why would you wear bikini bottoms for that anyway? I don't know. It must be volleyball. Um, also, the German gymnasts, they decided that they were going to wear unitards, like full unitards instead of um, leotards. Oh, are they getting fined? Nope. Huh. So let's talk about Olympic tattoos, which apparently you have a big issue with. Well, I was reading probably a clickbait article. What is isn't these days. I know. How Japan is like a city that is culturally anti-tattoo. And so it's like this big thing in Japan being like, ooh, look at all these tattoos. First of all, so many Olympic ring tattoos. To see though, if I was in the Olympics, I think I'd get an Olympic ring tattoo too. Let me just tell you, the colorful ones 
not good. No. Not good. They never just are. get a all black one. And then they get like the name. Some of them have the years that they qualified. So they underneath that they have Rio, London. Just get we get it. Just get the just get the <laughs> rings. You don't need to put the city. It's fine. It's fine. Just get the rings. Like <laughs> We got it. It's like, it's not the back of a concert tee. Let's hope you'll go to so many Olympics that it's just going to run out of skin. Okay, just get the rings. Just get them. And I like the different placement of the Olympic rings. I think my favorite is underneath the ankle bone, especially for the swimmers, because they always have close-ups of like their feet walking. And then you see just like a little delicate circle or maybe like the inside of the bicep for like a Isn't that where Michael Phelps has his? Yeah, I mean, we don't want to look to Michael Phelps for style stuff in general, but I like the delicate (laughs) ones on the ankle. Ankle. And then there's just like, because, you know, the Olympics has skin showing in a lots of sports, we just get to see all the terrible tattoos people have. Like, <laughs> so bad. So, so bad. There's just so many bad tattoos in the world. And we also get to see, like, you look at the country, like, oh, that's what tattoos there look like. That's different. Huh. That's a, that's a different kind of style tattoo. I almost want to start watching the Olympics just to pay attention to tattoos now. You could just Google Olympic tattoos <laughs> or tattoos of Olympians. You, it's fine. You get it. A lot of the gymnasts have it like on the back of their neck because their ponytails are so tight. That's another thing. Why so tight? Because the hair can't move. You don't want it out. You don't want it going out of place. They must have a headache. Oof. Oh yeah, horrible. Oh, horrible God. headache. Horrible. And I only know that from ballet because with ballet, you know, you're very, everything is so regimented. You're very much expected to have your hair up tight out of your face. It better not move. You know. Oof. Oof. I'm not, yeah. I like my locks flowing. Also, guys, these Olympians don't make any money unless no. they win or get a sponsorship. Like they have to train all the time. No job will let them take it. Home Depot is famous for letting Olympians take off and still paying them and giving them health insurance. Can you they imagine? Yeah. The Home Depot is who we have to look to in this instance. I wish it was Lowe's, but it's I, Home I mean, Depot. T- truly. Can you imagine being a professional athlete? No. Can't have a job because you train and then you you have to pay for your own health insurance? No, no, you have to pay for, I mean, not only that, the amount of money that goes into training, your coach, all of these different your things. Equipment. Like, people notoriously have to be rich a lot of times to even train to be in the Olympics because it costs so much money. Guys, the Olympics are bullshit. They're bullshit. Bottom line. Don't waste your Bull time with them. Shit. I'm watching a lot of other good stuff. Is this the second segment? Oh, what are we calling it? What we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> what we're listening. What you watching? How about this? How about we call it this? That's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> How about we call it, now that's what you call entertainment, one. You know, because like, now that's what you call music. Oh, right, right, got it. And there's like like, 6,000 of them. I guess that's a bad one, seeing as I had to explain it. I was like, we have enough trouble numbering episodes. Let's not put it in the title of anything. All right, how about we just call it, now that's what you call entertainment. Okay, now that's what you call entertainment. Ashley, what are you entertaining? Oh my God, I have so many great, great things to tell you guys about. Okay, firstly, White Lotus, are you watching it? I don't even know... I was like, what? Is that a new song by Radiohead? What? What is that? It's a show on, I don't know if it's HBO or HBO Max, but White Lotus is, I guess it's a murder mystery. I'm not giving anything away by- Ooh, you know I love that. Yes. And it is also starring one of the true loves of my life, Steve Zahn. Um, (gasps) I love Steve Zahn. I've met Steve Zahn a couple of times and I love Uh, Steve Zahn. He seems like the nicest, most fun guy around. He's just a fun guy, that Steve Zahn. And it has Jennifer Cool also. Oh. And she's incredible. Um, but we learned first episode right at the beginning that the the guy's wife has died. And then we go back in time and we see that they go to this exclusive, beautiful 
Yeah. Tropical resort with a cast of characters. It's really interesting. I'm really intrigued. I can't figure out what kind of show it is. Like, it's a little murder mystery. It has a little, like, of a Wes Anderson vibe. Like, the slightest touch of a Wes Anderson vibe. It's also, like, very funny. It's just, I don't know what the tone of the show is, but I like it. And it sounds I like, like straight up my alley. It is so good. You would love it. I really, really Can't think wait. you'll like it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, next up, Physical, which you're also watching. But my friend is in it. She's like a big character. Who is she? Which character? She's she's like the overweight. Oh, that's your friend? That's my friend. We went to college together. Oh, how nice. She's great. Yeah, Physical is great. It's She's so good. Well, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, because I actually haven't seen a ton of coverage on Physical. It's on Apple TV. It stars Rose Byrne, and she it takes place in the 70s. No, I'm sorry, late 70s, early 80s, and it's basically, I believe, about the rise of an aerobics instructor and her empire. And it's really great. You and I have talked about this. I really like Rose Byrne. I know. I think she's really great. But the show is smart. It's interesting. It's captivating. I fucking hate her husband so much. Like, I hate her husband. You're supposed to, though. Yeah, you're supposed to. I think you're supposed to have mixed feelings about him. And I don't have any mixed feelings. I just don't like him. I do like your friend's character. Thank you. She's great. She's really great. Next up, this is an old show, but I just binged it. I was, like, very against. You know, I do this thing, kind of like what I do with the Olympics, where I just, like, hate on shit. Sometimes for a reason, sometimes for no reason. Mostly if something becomes really, really popular and I'm not into it, I really hate on it. Prime example of this was Succession. I never watched it. People say I would love it. It is so good. It is so good. So anyone who hasn't watched Succession, everyone's probably like, this is an old show. Why are you talking about it? If you haven't watched it, don't be a dummy. Go watch it. It's really good and really enjoyable. And I think season three is going to start soon. So it's a good time to get up to date. That's HBO. I have so many. Dave. Do you watch Dave? No. Okay. So Dave is on FXX also Hulu, and it's about this rapper who goes by Little Dicky. He's like a white Jewish rapper who's like actually really, really good. And the first season's a lot more funny. The second season that we're in right now is a lot more like social commentary, but in still a fun, funny way. It It's very reminiscent of like a Baskets or... Um, mm, I like that. What's another kind of Baskets show? FXX does a lot of these. You know, yeah. like Always Sunny has kind of turned into a show that's a social commentary, but still really funny. But he's an up-and-coming rapper and just like his crew, it's really good. Like his whole thing is Little Dicky because he is, you know, was born. He has a disorder, I forget what it's called, where um, his urethra is born in a different spot. So he had to have surgery as a little kid. I actually dated a guy who had this issue. Yeah, I know. And he was also very insecure about that many, many years ago. It's all true. It's true. In real life, the guy is Little Dicky. Like, all of this is based on his life. He has this thing with his urethra. Like, it's really, it's, I don't know, it's really funny and really good. Black Monday. Do you watch that? Lee watched this. I love Black Monday. It's in season three on Showtime, starring Don Cheadle, Seth Rogen, Evan, Evan something, who's his producing partner. They're the executive producers. Also, Will Ferrell's an executive producer of Succession. I don't know if 
if that's commonly known or not. I feel like he's an executive producer of a lot of things that we don't So know many about. things. It's like him and Adam McKay on so yep. many different things. Andrew Reynolds, who I absolutely love so, so much. I want to be his best friend. Casey Wilson. Like, the cast is so good. Everyone is so funny. It's really interesting. Also, a period piece takes place in the 80s. Now, season three is early 90s. It's all about, like, the stock market. It's, like, very funny, very clever. I think you guys will like that. Okay, have you heard about My Unorthodox Life on Netflix? Yes, but everybody that I've talked to loves it, except you said you don't like it. I do not like it. Okay, so I watched one episode as a Jew. So I'm going to speak to you, frankly, as a Jew. The first episode, I really liked. I was like, this woman is a badass. She, like, left being an Orthodox. Is it a true story? Yes, it's a reality show. It's about this woman, Julia Hart, who left her Orthodox Jewish life at 40 years old two days after her eldest daughter got married at 19 and she like secretly got uh, she did a job that was approved of in the community and was secretly saving money and just like left and she started her own shoe company then La Perla bought them and she became the creative director for La Perla and then I guess elite models bought La Perla and then she became the creative director of elite worldwide but the thing that has not said in this entire show is that she married the guy who is a part of both of these companies. It just, it doesn't make sense. I, like, admire what she's accomplished. I think it's, like, a very difficult thing to leave a cult in any capacity, which is essentially what this is. I'm going to have to watch it because I'm interested because from what other people have said is that the they like it. The whole show produced by Elite Worldwide. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm telling you it is. Somehow they have their hands on it. If you Google the fashion line that she talks about, one of the things that comes up is my unorthodox life. This whole thing is just like basically viral marketing for this clothing line and this company. I'm convinced. And I think that's what I don't like about it. I feel like they feel like they're pulling one over on me and it really pisses me off. I'm like, I right. watched like four episodes. So anyway, that's how I feel about that. Great feeling. Obviously Real Housewives. Okay, here's another one I think you'd really like. Schmigadoon. Have you watched I've it? I've never heard of Where are you coming up with these? I don't think anyone has heard about it. It's also on Apple TV. It's starring Keegan-Michael and um, Cecily Strong. It's produced by Lauren Michaels of SNL. And it's basically about this couple that's been together for like four years. The magic isn't there anymore. And they go on like a lover's retreat and they end up in this musical land of Schmigadoon, which is a play on like Carousel and Brigadoon. It is so charming. It like leaves you feeling the same way that Schitt's Creek leaves you feeling. Like the conflict is silly. Like Kristen Chenoweth is the bad woman. I don't like her. No, and she's perfect in the part. She's perfect. Aaron Teviot is the, um, what's the male in Carousel? Danny something or other. He's that character. It's really so good. And it's charming and lovely. I watch it with Sebastian because it's a whole musical. Cecily Strong is just like the cutest thing in the whole wide world. It's so great. Really, really like a nice show you can watch with your whole family. I really liked it. You are giving me so much weekend inspiration. Oh my God. And I have one more commentary. May I? Yes. Okay. 
Gossip Girl, the original, so near and dear to my heart. And I told you guys, I watched the first episode and I was While like- While breastfeeding, in, yes. No, 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 I watched Gossip Girl when it was on. I was like, oh, okay. I would dress like it. No, no, no. That was Pretty Little Liars you're thinking of. Got it. Gossip yeah, Girl, this first episode of the reboot on HBO Max, I was in. Hook, line, and sinker. I love that for the millennials who loved it, they had the teacher approach. The teachers are Gossip Girl. I'm not giving anything away. I thought it was so smart. Not loving it so much anymore. Mm. After the first episode, it kind of dropped off a little bit. And I actually, like, I, I almost want to start, like, a, a Kate Casey, like, let's talk about TV shows Facebook group because I need other people's opinions on these things. I need to know what other people are thinking. So if you have any opinions on any of these shows or anything else great that you think I should watch, can you send us an email at hello at momtouragepodcast.com? Carrie, take away your picks. <laughs> All right. Well, unfortunately, uh, I'm mostly watching Paw Patrol. And it's because my kid is dominating the TV and we're having sleep problems. So I have, every time I put her down, I fall asleep so I don't get to watch television anymore. So unfortunately, Aww. I'm watching a lot of Paw Patrol, if I'm going to be honest with you. However, on vacation, I watched a documentary on specifically Paul McCartney, but also the Beatles with Rick That Rubin. one on Hulu, right? Yeah. It was pretty good. My mom is like a diehard Beatles fan. She went to see them and passed out that she's one of those girls. So I was raised on the Beatles. Um, it's really good. I've watched a couple of Rick Rubin documentaries lately. There's one about the place that he records his music called Shangri-La, and it's a whole thing. Oh, yeah, on. I heard about that. That one was really good, too. And again, I didn't even know half of the musicians that were recording there, but it's just kind of fascinating. I like that behind-the-scenes kind of thing. Okay, so, secret to me, I love British accents. Ashley does not. I love British competition shows because they are so nice. Like, they're just nice. If you lose, they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. This is devastating. <laughs> I was really looking forward to seeing you go. I wanted to see what you could accomplish. It's like- Why isn't Simon Cowell that nice though? It's like the opposite. I know. It's just like, so I have for a long time liked- like, you know, the British Great British Baking Show. My One of my favorite shows of all time, which I don't, I think you can get it on Hulu, is the whole Monty Don series. He is a gardener for the Queen. Monty Don's oh my um, God. Small Spaces Big Ideas show. It's my favorite. But anyway, uh, <laughs> like the oldest. That literally oldest sounds lady. like, it, wait, oh, this is the Backyard Show on Netflix? Where he yes. does people's gardens. Yes, it's so good. Yes, I've watched it. It's so fucking snoozy. I know, I told you it's relaxing. It's like my Zoloft. It's what <laughs> I do when I'm feeling like I just need like to chill. It's like my rescue med. But anyway, the next one for that is the British jewelry competition show called All That Glitters. It's not good, but it's relaxing. And that's <laughs> I've watched that. The show Panic, which I talked about on another episode. I still haven't watched it. It's not scary. But, like, I can't watch it with Sebastian around, right? No, it's very, it has a lot of sex in it. But it's not scary. It's not a scary okay. show. But it's good. So, like, if I watch it before bed, I won't be scared? I'm not going to, th- I'm no, not going to have to wake up not- Matt and have him walk me to the bathroom because I think there's a ghost? No, it's not, it's not like that. It's not, okay. it's not scary. What's it about? It's about a kind of redneck small town in Texas. Oh. Where there's like really rich people and really poor people. And they do this secret contest every year where kids, I just burped, where kids have to go up against each other doing like kind of dangerous things. And there's a big pot at the end. And so some people do it just because they're like thrill seekers. And some people do it because they need that money to get out of their small town because they live in a trailer. Huh. Interesting. Okay. And doesn't Dumois like love one of the guys on there or something? Yeah. They always talk I, about I, like the. Yeah. I like, I mean, I, it was kind of hot actually. Okay. So, all right. I'll watch it with Matt. 
Toxic, the Britney Spears podcast from the people that brought you Britney's Graham. Yeah, I only listened to that one episode. It's just interesting. I mean, you know I'm into the deep dive. Yeah. The girls' voices annoy me. They kind of yes. annoy me, but I, I like the deep dive. I'm in for that. I like that. To Live and Die in L.A. season two. Oh, it's oh my so God. good. So, so good. Good. Even better than the first season, I think. Can I ask you a question about this? Yeah. It's better than the first season, but for some reason, a new episode has not come out recently. Yeah, because it's happening in real time. But this started, the investigation started before season one even started. I know, but I think it's because it's just the evidence, because like they destroyed some of the evidence. I don't want to give too much away, but I think they just haven't made arrests or it's still pending, which is why they don't have another episode. So it's just eight episodes as of right now, correct? And it's just Mm -hmm. open-ended. And if more stuff happens, we're going to learn more. Like, I also want to learn why he and his wife got divorced. I want to learn all kinds of stuff. I know, after they had their baby, I know. Maybe we should do that podcast, Behind the Scenes to Live and Die. To Live and Die in LA, the deep dive. And then I'm a big fan of the criminal podcast. So the premise of the podcast, the woman's name is Phoebe Judge, and she's like, I'm Phoebe Judge. She's got the most interesting voice ever. She's like, this is criminal, and I'm Phoebe Judge. Her voice sounds like she's a 50-year-old woman. She's like 31. I looked it up. She sounds like an Angela Lansbury style person. Anyway, it's a podcast. It's an investigative journalistic podcast about Is she British? something. No, I just wanted to say it like Oh, that. okay. She's from the South or something. Where she investigates something that is a criminal activity, but it has a spin. So for instance, there was this really interesting episode about a guy who sleptwalked and was a cat burglar. While he, he was, was a, sleepwalking? Yeah, he didn't know he was doing it. Weird. And uh, this woman in the Deep South, there was this game called The Numbers, and it basically was like a lottery among the black community. It was illegal, and the people that ran the numbers, they would get all the money and like collect it and then pick the numbers and then give out the money. Uh, This one woman did it and it's how she was able to provide for her family and get Uh them out of poverty, but it was highly illegal. And if she got caught, she would have been arrested. Interesting. So it's all these crimes. Some of people who are in jail, some people aren't, but they have like this weird spin about like, should it be criminal or like, and I think that's it guys. Unfortunately, I haven't been watching that much. I apologize. That's all right. I filled everyone in with a bunch of shows. Yes. So that's it. Should we do a quick hashtag swag bag so we can go about our lives? Yes, let's do it. Hashtag swag bag. Hashtag swag bag. Do you like to go first? It's dorky, but let's just continue on. It's not Monty Don, which is equally dorky. I bought myself one of those annoying gallon water bottles that tells you what time of day you should be drinking your water. You're doing great. I actually didn't get the you're doing great ones because I was like, that's cheesy as F. I'm not doing that. But instead, I just got one that said, do this by 11 o'clock, do this by 4 o'clock, whatever. And I have to say, although it's annoying to carry around, like if I wouldn't bring it into the city with me, you know, it has me drinking more water. Hmm. Because I can like see it actually is helping rather than just filling up like four of these it actually does force me to drink more water and I have been feeling better peeing like a racehorse but I do have to say um I didn't want to do it but then on Amazon Prime Day I was like eh it's cheap who cares let's see and I'm I'm actually enjoying it especially because in this COVID world I'm mostly at home so I just like that carry it around with me is it dishwasher safe and yeah although yes but recently I put it in the dishwasher at an odd angle and then when the heat came it like melted a little bit. So if you put it in correctly, it's fine, but I did. I'll send you the link. I can't think of a better one. So I'm going to go with my Enkafire AirPods. I'm calling them AirPods because that's what we all, it's like, what do you call a Q-tip other than a Q-tip? But they are not 
Apple brand. The brand is Ankafire. I got them off of Amazon. And I have to tell you, Carrie has actual AirPods and I have these Ankafire. Oh, Anakfire. That's how you say it. Anakfire. Just read it, I guess, somehow after a year of owning them. And they sit in your ear better. They're really easy to control. The battery lasts a crazy long time. I don't feel like they're going to fall out of my ears constantly like I do with the AirPods. And I think they were like $40, which is crazy, crazy cheap. I still have been meaning to get them. I can't. I yeah, should get them. I bought them for our live show, but honestly, I use them all the time for you know watching things on my phone or phone calls or anything and they recording they are fantastic so there's a link in the show notes to that I stand behind them and they really are noise canceling I have to tell you I can only have one in because when I have two in to record I realize I scream whoa good to know yeah all right guys I'm gonna go take some CBD oil to try to get rid of my migraine best of luck to you and we'll see you next week love y'all bye Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. 